Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today. Sorry for the silence. I had to, uh, as always, I always have to get everything uh, uh, shared all my different pages and groups and all that good stuff. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good evening, Miss Kyla. I'm so so uh, used to doing uh, morning devotions. It's so hard for me to get used to saying good evening because I'm so used to saying good morning each morning. <laughs> So I do hope everybody is doing well and enjoyed this beautiful day that the Lord has made. And uh, it's absolutely gorgeous out there. It is uh, hot, uh, that's for sure. That's one thing you will not ever hear me complain about is the heat. Hey, the hotter the better. I like the, the, the summertime. I like spring, summer, and fall. I hate, loathe, and despise with every fiber of my being wintertime. I hate cold with a passion. Hello, Mr. Ledford. Good to see you. Uh, well, good to see your comment, rather. I, again, I like to say it's good to see you, but uh, it is... Um, that would be a bit awkward because, um, you know, I don't know uh, what you're wearing and probably don't want to know. But uh, so uh, dad hates it when I respond uh, here on social media. But I don't see what, how, what difference it is uh, saying hello to everyone here on social media than it is at the church. If I talk to people at the church, I don't, those online can't see them anyway. So, you know, but hey, he's old school. But uh, Randy Jones, hello, sir. And uh, hope you're well. Uh, if you all have any prayer requests or prayer concerns, uh, be sure to put those uh, in the uh, comments there. Hello, my favorite mother-in-law, Sharon Boyd. I'm glad to see her this evening, That or glad to see that she's watching this evening. So uh, that's good to see. Juanita White is watching. Well, she's a real blessing, her and her husband, Craig. They um, have donated some uh, masks, uh, several boxes of masks uh, for the church and uh, volunteered to help clean as such. And uh, Juanita is a real, real blessing. Her and Craig, both Craig's, he also helps uh, run the camera on the stage of the church as well. Uh, him and Jennifer Honeycutt, they're they're both, I don't know what we do without them. I tell you what, they're good, good people. So well, let's go ahead and look in uh, God's Word this evening. Uh, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. So if you have your Bibles handy, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. So I'll give everybody just a second to turn there. I thought I would uh, do, I thought it was safer to do my devotions here in my office. You know, I tried doing it outside, which I may go out there, but it's so hot tonight. I just went about to try it, and uh, uh, so that's one reason why I didn't do it outside. I really considered it. I didn't want to do it in another part of my house uh, at the window because uh, Wednesday night I tried that, and my uh, uh, neighbor, he uh, decided to... Uh, mow without a shirt on, which he normally does. He mows without a shirt on, and uh, you know, he, you know he's, he's got the body of a Greek god, but unfortunately, Buddha wasn't Greek. <laughs> I thought, sorry, that was funny, but anyway, he's a good guy. I love to, he's a good guy. Him and his wife both are good people. I like to joke and kid around a little bit. Roger Winters, Mr. Murph, hello, sir. We pray for Murph every single day. We really do. So, uh, but anyway, I thought it'd be safer to do it here in the office, and that way uh, it'd be a little quieter, and uh, uh, hopefully everything will go go a little little better. But anyway, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine. But he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses." so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And as me dear old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. I uh, don't see, haven't seen any prayer requests pop up here on uh, uh, the uh, uh, social media, but, uh, but if you have any, go ahead and put those out there, and uh, we can all come together and pray together. So let's go ahead and bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, uh, I just want to lift up uh, Roger Winters, uh, Mr. Murph, Lord, you bring healing upon him. Lord, I pray that you be with Kim Penix, that you bring healing upon her and Ginger Hood and uh, Linda Feathers. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you be with Wendy Lee, that you bring healing upon her. Lord, I lift up a special prayer request for Ron and Thelma Thompson. She'll bring uh, healing upon her. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with Verna Campbell, her sister, and uh, uh, Richard Campbell's father. 
Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with all the prayer requests or prayer concerns that I receive on a daily basis. You know the hearts and minds, the spoken and unspoken. And Lord, I want to definitely lift up a special prayer concern for our nation, Lord Jesus, and that you'll bring peace upon this land and that you'll touch hearts and minds like never before. And Lord, I pray that you lead us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Pat Mosley says, my brother, uh, Roston Smith III. Yes, ma'am, Miss Mosley. We will definitely uh, uh, lift up prayer. Well, I see, I was praying. There's a little bit of a delay. I don't see, yeah, okay. I was going to double check, make sure there weren't some others. There's a little bit of a delay by the time I, uh, you hear what I'm saying, the time I see what you're writing. So I apologize. I didn't see that in time, Pat, uh, before I had my prayer and uh, Lord willing, uh, uh, I'll try to remember that in closing. Uh, as far as announcements go, uh, can't think of anything real pressing right now that needs to be announced. Of course, you know, like I say, I, for those on social media know this, those who are watching on our website may not be aware. Um, you know, of course, I do a, a, a morning devotional every morning at 7.15 a.m. So you can watch uh, live on the website or here on social media on, on Facebook. You can find me at Dr. Young 77 on Facebook. And uh, so I do that every morning. And then, of course, Wednesday night, I'll continue to do online service at 7 o'clock. I'm probably going to do this for a little while. Uh, uh, Verda Campbell, I saw you see that you're watching. We were praying for you, your sister, Richard Campbell, your husband, and his um, uh, father as well. I just want to make mention of that. But anyway, um, I'm going to do that for a little while. But uh, on the Saturday nights, we'll try to do, me and Brandy, we try to do a, a podcast every Saturday at 6 o'clock. And then on Sunday nights, obviously, 6 o'clock. We'll continue to do our morning services at the church, indoor services, uh, at from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, at the church. And uh, so uh, we're going to uh, we had a little hiccup uh, with the radio station, some miscommunication there. And uh, well, on 98.5, hopefully we get that back up and going uh, this uh, uh, this coming Sunday. So, But remember that. Be sure and join us. Uh, we, know we encourage uh, to wear a face mask, but it's not mandatory. We encourage social distancing. So uh, keep that in mind as well. But as far as I know, that's about everything I've got at this point in time. And uh, uh, But if you, uh, I'll talk to Dad for anything else we need to be be putting out there, then by all means, I will do so. So, all right, let's go ahead and dive into our Bibles this evening. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 13. So if you have your Bibles handy, be sure and turn to that and uh, read along if you may or can. Uh, and of course, you know, you know some people, and I realize, uh, you know, I, I know I say this every time, but just in case there's someone watching uh, that that uses the King James Bible, uh, I am not oppo opposed to that. That's what me and Dad usually preach out of. Uh, you know, uh, Dad has his reasons. Mine, I do like King James, uh, some of the verses, the way it's worded, but I, I do it mainly for, uh, I know that that's a lot of people's what they're used to. But now, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for, our, just for this study, I'm not saying this will be something we'll always do, but I use the English Standard Version just because it's a little easier to understand. So if you have your Bibles and you're like, what in the world is he reading? You know. All right. So Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 13. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Verse 8. For he, for he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I write them on their hearts, and I will be their God. They shall be my people, and they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. And speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. All right, let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer. 
Then, Father, Lord, we just thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, we thank you again for this wonderful and beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Lord, I pray that you will guide us in your word this evening. Lord, I pray that you will fill every home with your spirit, that you'll fill this little office with your spirit, that you will lead God and direct us in your word. Help us to apply this teaching to increase our faith, to increase spiritual growth. Let us be used to serve you well in all things, in all areas of our life. Let us be equipped, let us be edified, and most importantly, let us glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this here. So, uh, we're going to just hear, so uh, verse 7, it says, for, the, for if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. So when we see this word covenant, there's the Greek word dithiki, all right? So uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know, some words for whatever reason are just fun to say. I like to say dithiki. <laughs> and uh, it, is, uh, uh, it is like a covenant or uh, a bond, if you will. Uh, like a, uh, for example, there's like a, a um, uh, there's different covenants throughout the Bible that we can look at. And, uh, but there, there is dithiki and there is also what is uh, suntiki, which is more like a marriage or a bond. And when you look at that marriage or a bond, it's more of a, a covenant, a mutual covenant between two people. Whereas dithiki is a covenant, uh, more like a will that uh, you can accept it or you can reject it, whatever it may be, but that ultimately what is in that will is what goes and, uh, uh, and you have to abide by uh, the wording of that will. You know, there is, um, you know, I've never been one to, uh, when it comes to a lot of documents, I don't like to read a lot of documents. It's, uh, I don't think anybody really enjoys it. In fact, a lot of these uh, uh, credit cards and different things that you sign, uh, loan companies, and uh, uh, they uh, they have a lot of documents. They don't want people want to read them, so they, you just automatically put your name, your initials. You just trust the wording of what the person says. And now, uh, and Dad, he's pretty meticulous. In fact, whether there's any kind of uh, contract or document, uh, he always says, let me look at it, because he will look down, and he'll read it word for word. And I've seen him catch stuff, and say, wait a minute, what's this? What's that? Why did you say this? And why does it say that? And it's just, you know, <laughs> he will. He'll sit and look at every word of it. And uh, it's always fun to see the horror in the eyes of the individual when, when he starts pointing stuff out. They're like, oh, nobody's ever asked me that before. <laughs> so, you know, because they're just used to everybody just automatically signing. They don't like people doing it. But anyway, when it comes to like insurance documents, things like that, it's always good to know and understand what they say because, uh, you know, there's like, because um, uh, otherwise you could be paying for something that you've already paid for. And uh, that's a lot of problems with a lot of people when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't know their Bibles that well. And so oftentimes they're paying for things that they've already, you know, that Jesus Christ already bought and paid for, they're walking around with guilt and, and conviction of things that uh, they don't need to be. You know, it's already been forgiven, already been given over to God. And uh, so there's this, you know, we have the old covenant and uh, between uh, God and Israel. And then now here comes the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews with his new covenant uh, in the fact that um, uh, it's, it's this new covenant for what Jesus Christ has to offer, and uh, it is the covenant of grace. Now, when I say covenant of grace, now let's look at a few things here. Now, we're talking about here this covenant uh, between God and Israel, and, and we'll, you know, we'll try not to jump ahead here too much, but uh, there's some things that... When my mind goes, you have to understand, and, I, and I've told you this before, I, I, you know, I, I am, if I'm rude when I'm talking to you, I don't mean to be. And why I say that is, um, it's almost like a, a type of Tourette's, if you will, because I have to say what's on my mind when I'm thinking about it. Otherwise, I forget, and I feel bad because someone's talking, and I'm like, oh, let me tell you, know, and, and I interrupt them, and I try hard, I try to be very conscious of, like, no, that's rude, no, that's rude, <laughs> so, you know, but sometimes it comes out, and I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, but if I don't say it when I think about it, uh, it, it, it just, uh, you know, I, I can't uh, control myself, so, so if I'm talking to you, and uh, you're talking, all of a sudden I've blurred out something, interrupt you, understand that uh, I have a problem and I have a memory problem and if I don't uh, tell you while it's on my mind then uh, uh, I will forget so overlook me sometimes but anyway we're looking at this covenant here again we're looking at Hebrews chapter 8 
8, uh, verses 7 through 13. Okay, we're talking about this covenant. And uh, we discuss, we talk about uh, dithiki and sunthiki. And uh, those Greek words in the difference between that uh, sunthiki, the bond and covenant, and dithiki in regards to a, a type of well, how a will is worded. And you have to accept the uh, what the will says, uh, whether you agree to the terms or not. You can accept what that will says or you can reject it. Well, there's a lot of families out there who... Uh, uh, who will fight and argue and go into lawsuits uh, over the wording of wills, uh, you know, so to speak. But anyway, look at this covenant. Now, remember, uh, a covenant between God and man can go all the way back to Adam. Now, we can look at the covenant of works in regards to that uh, when, uh, when God told Adam, do not eat of the tree of the good and evil. All right, so Adam was uh, brought under that covenant of works because he was obedient. And as long as he didn't do that, then he was good to go. But when Adam and Eve sinned, all right, remember, the fall of man is because of women. No, I'm just joking. Uh, you know, because uh, when uh, when Eve took part of that, and then Adam was like, sure, Eve, I'll take a bite of that. And uh, so there went mankind, all right? So, um, so that covenant was messed up. And I realized that uh, you know there, that covenant uh, between God and man is uh, wasn't between all of creation. It was only between God and man. And the reason why I make that point uh, in saying that because God didn't make a covenant with the animals, obviously, but God made a covenant with Adam uh, and uh, in regards to the tree of life of good and evil. And of course, obviously, once they were banished, they were not allowed to go back. Uh, to uh, uh, to partake of that tree of life, as you know, otherwise they would be able to live forever. Now, that that wasn't the only uh, covenant God made. You know, we talk about that covenant of works uh, between uh, God and Adam, but there's also that, that Adamic covenant that uh, and we're going to read here. At if you look at uh, Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen, and for those who don't know, that is the first book of the Bible. <laughs> That sounded very condescending, didn't it? So, <laughs> so does he think I'm stupid? No, I'm just joking around. So, uh, Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, he sh and you shall bruise his heel. So, now, when we look at that there, uh, in uh, 3.15, we see kind of a, a proto-gospel, uh, if you will, because we see that there, that uh, we're seeing a, a, a certain amount of covenant of, of grace, uh, so to speak, uh, in regards to that, because that is uh, talking about Jesus Christ, who is will take, you know, he, he, God is still showing grace, uh, even Adam and Eve sinned. He's still showing grace. He is still showing mercy. And he's foretelling the things that Jesus Christ is going to fulfill, that he's going to take Satan down, that he is going to, uh, uh, you know, Christ obviously was uh, uh, the high priest that we're reading about right here in the order of Melchizedek, and that he was in his uh, substitutionary atonement on the cross to save us from our sins, that he rose again on the third day, that we're seeing this proto-gospel, so to speak, here, and that, um, uh, that, that Jesus Christ will overcome uh, sin and death. All right. So hopefully that makes a little sense there. And I didn't muck that up too much. But we also have uh, also the covenant of redemption. All right. Remember now, we're, our, our, I kind of feel like Pee Wee Herman, you know, the uh, what's the word of the day, kids? Covenant. And <laughs> so, you know, remember when Pee Wee Herman had the, uh, uh, for those who watched Pee Wee Herman, uh, you know, he would have a word of the day. And every time somebody would say that word, uh, everybody would go, yay! They'd all scream and holler, and the word would flash on the on the screen. So I wish I had that ability here at home to do that. Uh, I do on my program, but the people on the website wouldn't get it. But anyway, so the word of the day is covenant. But it, so we have that uh, covenant of redemption. All right. So we and we look at the covenant of redemption. Uh, we look at the Trinity. Now, when you look at that Trinity, I guess you could say that would be. Um, kind of more along the lines of uh, Santhiki and that Greek and that mutual uh, covenant because, uh, you know, when we look at that between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Son did volunteer to become man uh, to, uh, to show us the way 
to reconcile us between, uh, because remember, sin, sin divides us and God, and that because of what Jesus Christ has done, uh, that helped reconcile us between us and God. So remember, when you reconcile something, remember, that's when you're at, at enmity with somebody, when you have a problem with somebody, and you say, you know, as I've said before, this is like that, you know, your, your best friend, and, and you had a, um, uh, you know, a, a difference of opinion, but that grew, and, and you no longer had anything to do with each other, but then somebody come in, and, and you were to uh, work things out and talk each other out, you reconciled that problem, all right? So I kind of give you an idea of what reconcile is, and his and Jesus' redemption, all right, on the cross. So, but when we see this here, uh, with regards to the uh, Trinity, remember, Jesus Christ became man under the Mosaic Covenant, all right? Is that, you know, that should be ringing some bells here, what we're referring to, and that Mosaic Covenant, and that, um, and only did he fulfill all of the uh, the law, uh, the Old Testament law, uh, he did it perfectly. See, remember, that was the problem with the Old Testament law, is that man could not fulfill it perfectly. See, that's that's one reason why we're talking about the uh, uh, the new covenant that's being offered here. That's why the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about this very thing, because man could not fulfill all of the Old Testament law. We were weak in the flesh. We could not do that. See, remember, the law was to point us towards Jesus Christ, to make us aware of our sins, uh, a custodian, if you will, uh, uh, to to hold our sins uh, uh, back to a certain to, to a certain extent to make us understand that uh, we are in need of saving. Okay, uh, this was a foreshadowing of what was to come, what Jesus Christ was to do, His new covenant, that covenant of grace, what He was offering, and so. Um, but Jesus Christ was able to uh, fulfill all of the uh, uh, Old Testament law, something that man could not do. Now remember, now when it comes to the Old Testament law, that. Um, uh, it was based on works. Now, where Jesus Christ, what he was doing was not, you know, he was demonstrating his perfection. All right, so get that clear. It's not as different from that of what man was trying to do. Jesus Christ was the epitome. You know, he was fully God. He was fully man. And so he was able to be perfect in all things. That's why he was able to atone for our sins. He was the one and only sacrifice that uh, was was to be given to save us from a very real hell. See, the temporary sacrifices of the priest obviously wasn't enough. Uh, it, it had to be something more, and Jesus Christ came to fulfill that. But when you look at the uh, Old Testament law and the fact that, you know, everything about that was outwardly. Uh, everything about that was works-based, you know, when it comes to circumcision, when it comes to baptism, uh, those kind of things is that works-based. You know, it is uh, it's amazing how um, the priest in particular, they would say, well, uh, you know, we're, we, we don't murder, you know, they, they took great pride in the fact that they um, fulfilled uh, the law. You know, there are so many uh, oh my gosh, it was like hundreds of, of uh, uh, different types of things they had to fulfill. Of course, obviously they could do it. And that's why they were pious, because they thought that they were, uh, because of their works, that was what's going to get them into heaven. And so that's why they tried to act pious and righteous. And uh, they, you know, they thought they were better than everybody else because they said, well, I don't murder. I don't do wrong. And she said, if you ever hated your brother, you've committed murder. Well, I've never committed adultery. So if you had lust in your heart, then you have committed a, a, a adultery. You know, so Jesus Christ, he, but he, he called them out on their hypocrisy. But what, you know, does, does that not sound familiar today? All right. First of all, uh, we have, you know, just like they were, you know, the, the outward works of the law that could not be um, uh, fulfilled. Uh, you know, there are so many people out there who are legalistic and think you have to be baptized and you have to do this, you have to do that in order to work your way into heaven, which we know is, is wrong. It is, it is grace. It's a free gift of God. Nothing we can do to ever be good enough. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I fall and I fail and I mess up every single day of my life. Every day I lose my temper, do something stupid, say something stupid, think something stupid. Because if it was based on words, buddy, I'd be... There's no way I would, you know, I would ever be able to, to make it into heaven, but if it's based on works, you know, it'd be, it's kind of like you already set up to fail. It's like you're coming up to bat, you're, you're already three strikes out, what would be the point? You know, there's no way, there's no way to, to, to attain it. But you have people out there 
who still have the erroneous idea and believes that they are good enough to get into heaven. Just like the Pharisees who said, well, I have never murdered anybody. How many times have you talked to individuals? Maybe you tried to share the gospel with them. And they said, well, I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody. I've never stolen anything. I've never committed adultery. Does that sound familiar? Just like the very things we're talking about right here that the Pharisees were doing. You know, uh, there's an uh, illustration of a pastor who said he went and visited a man in a hospital. And uh, this man had um, uh, been divorced multiple times. Not that that makes him necessarily a bad person, but get to the point here. It was that um, he had been divorced several times, worked in a very, uh, worked in this bar that was probably one of them, they said, one of the most evil bars on the West Coast that you could work at. Didn't have seen his kids in years. And uh, uh, he tried to share the gospel with this individual, and he says, "Oh no, I'm 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 a good person. I've never killed anybody. I know I'm going to go to heaven, you know." And that's the problem with a lot of people today. You try to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody, and they think that, "Hey, I'm a good person. You know, I I've never killed anybody. I've never cheated on my spouse. I've I've uh, never stolen anything. I, I give to the poor. I I, I march in protests." <laughs> You know, whatever it may be, and um, and they think they're going. That's that's you know, I attend church every now and then. They think that hey, I'm you know, God wouldn't turn me away. And as I've said before, many times, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, have you never made that prayer of, uh, to Jesus Christ and confessed your sins, accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, in your, in your heart, understanding his atoning work on the cross, his substitutionary atoning work on the cross, that he rose again in the third grade, third day, third grade, third day, you know, you are not going to get into heaven. I don't care how good you are. You are not going to get into heaven. All right? And it's just like, you can't seem to get through to people. And it bothers me. It bothers me when I look at somebody in the face and I say, do you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior? And they don't say anything. They just go, mm-hmm. That doesn't instill with me a lot of faith that they know Christ. You know, to me, if you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to say, yes, yes, I know the Lord and I go to church. But when you say, where do you go to church? Uh... Uh, you know, um, down the road, uh, yeah, pastor, um, you know, uh, so I dated a girl one time, uh, and, um, I don't know, I think I might've been when I first started college and her dad was a pastor and I remember bringing her to the house. Well, we had that one time, but I remember I brought her to the house for whatever reason. I think dad wanted to meet her or something. And dad said, uh, where'd your dad preach at? She goes, uh, and I thought, I knew then that was going to be bad. She didn't even know where old dad preached at. And, uh, I remember coming back home later at night and dad said, what an airhead. I said, what? He said, what do you mean what? He said, she didn't even know where her dad even preached at. So, you know, that was pretty bad. I have to say that was, that one was pretty bad. But, uh, so, you know, so, but you know, it's sad. It's one thing I try to encourage my kids, or I've told my kids, not so much they are encouraged, but they are told that you don't date anybody unless they are a Christian. Why? Because they will pull you down if they don't know Jesus Christ, and you do. And, and, and of course, God's word is clear and that we're not to be unequally yoked together, for one, all right? Whether that's friendship or dating relationships. And uh, and if you're trying to live for the Lord and you're hanging around somebody that's, that doesn't, then how's that going to work? They're going to pull you in a different direction. You know, and I know you've, you've heard this illustration of me in times. If I was standing on a table, you were sitting on the ground, it's a whole lot easier for you to jerk me down off that table than it is for me to pull you up to where I'm at. It's just, it's just a fact of life. And I've literally had people tell me, don't you tell me who to hang out with. I mean, I've had counseling sessions with people. Don't you tell me who I hang out with. <laughs> you do what you want to. You can have friendships with those in the world, but you cannot have close personal relations with people in the world. It's not going to work because their worldview, how they look, see, and perceive things are going to be completely the antithesis of what you're trying to do. So when you need counsel, all right, we hopefully you're, you're going to people uh, who are saved 
or going to a pastor or someone uh, you know that has some spiritual maturity, you know, and when you're in, in needing advice or needing some direction, you're going to those people. But if you're going to your buddies who are out in the world and you're just like, I've got problems, here's what's going on, and uh, uh, then and what's their answer going to be? Just think, I mean, think you don't have to think two seconds what their answer is going to be. Well, buddy, you need to lighten up. Let's go over here. Let's go down here and drink us a cold one or, uh, or smoke something or whatever it may be. What do you think their answer is going to be? You need to lighten up, you know? And, and you know, of course, I could say a lot of other crude things that my friends would tell me, but you know, I ain't going to get into that. But it's just that, um, you know, that's the problem. That's the world's answers uh, to uh, decisions and to depression and to peace. And that's their their temporary answer to those things and it's only through jesus christ through godly counsel are we going to get the true help and answers praying together building each other up that's the only way that we're going to get the the proper help that we need in our spiritual walk as christians so we need to be aware of that but see that's what we're talking about here is that the that old covenant that old way of looking at things you, you know that's what they were trying to do they were trying to fulfill the letter of the law they thought that was what's going to get them into heaven and so the writer of Hebrews here is talking about a new covenant, a new way of doing things that, that we are looking at not only the covenant be between Israel and God, uh, God and the church, all right? So those, you know, we'll get down here just one second because those who are dispensationalists do not believe that Israel and the church uh, are, can be the same thing, but they forget that we re will read here Romans here in a minute is that we were grafted in because uh, were Israel, uh, were they did not uh, keep the commandments of God, and that branch was broken off, and that of uh, the Gentiles, those of, the church, of us, we were grafted in, uh, and uh, because, that's what we were going to read here in a minute, because of the tribe of Israel, the tribe of Judah, that's what that's referring to, we were grafted in, so though that new covenant does apply to both to us and to the church, as, as well as it did with Israel. You know, it's another thing, too, that we see here, you know, that's one thing that um, disappointed God. Here, God had done all these wonderful things for Israel uh, from Pharaoh, and he had done all these miraculous things. I mean, if he, to me, if he had done nothing else, just the way that he parted the water, I mean, I could imagine how it would have blowed their minds then, but even now, with all of our technology and, and grandiose things that man has thought they have done, if you was to go to the Myrtle Beach Ocean right now and, and God said, hey, you've got to cross this, and he parted that ocean, the ground was dry, not wet. They know somebody's got a drop of water on them, and you and cross through that. That would be crazy, you know? I mean, I can imagine being like, holy cow, you know, and walking across. But here God only done that. But uh, a pillar of smoke by day, fire by night, giving them manna, giving them meat, doing, giving them water. I mean, just all these things. But yet, they still cannot hold on to that Mosaic law. They still cannot fulfill those things that God had set in place. And so that's why there had to be something new. That's why there had to be something better. That's why we're going to look at Jeremiah 31, uh, 33 through 34 here in just a minute. But uh, again, uh, we're looking at this word covenant, and we have that covenant of redemption. We have that covenant of grace. We have that, uh, that covenant of works that we're seeing here. Now, uh, when we look here also, um, is that, uh, let me go and see, I read verse uh, 7. Let's go ahead and read verse 8. Um, it says, For he finds fault with him when he says, Behold, uh, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Just like what we were talking about just a second ago. And that, again, is referring to that covenant of grace, okay? That covenant of grace that, uh, that Jesus Christ, that he still forgives us. He still loves us. He knows, you know, that um, there's no way that we would ever be able to hold to that very letter of that Old, Old Testament law, that Old Covenant. Uh, it's not that we can even abide by what... Uh, uh, the things that Jesus Christ lays out for us in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. But his grace is sufficient. His grace covers a multitude of sins. And so it doesn't matter, you know, if you are, um, whether it was the Old Testament or the Old Covenant or the New Covenant, you know, uh, if you continue on into sin, if you're unrepentant, you know, God's Word talks about this very thing. If you're unrepentant, then uh, guess what? You're going to spend an eternity in hell. You know, that's just, no, there's no doubt about it. If you're going to live continually in sin, 
then you are uh, you might as well you're you're going to live forever uh, in eternity in hell. And so it's either you have got choice between heaven and hell. But uh, uh, let's see. Let me get back over here. Um, where is that? Okay, the new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So that's so what I was talking about here. Uh, that in particular in verse eight here, we're talking about the house of Israel and um, and how we're grafted in. Now, so if you want to look at uh, Romans seventeen, I'm sorry, Romans uh, eleven seventeen. Let's get over here. If you get a chance, though, read through verse thirty-two. But let me see if I can get to, kind of hit some high high, part, high spots here. Over here. Yeah, we're here. Just a second here. Um, let's see here. 17. Yeah, 17. But some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it's not you who support the root, for the root that supports you. So, um... I'm going to read 19. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. But so, you know, we get a chance. Go ahead and read on through 32. I'm not going to read all of that. But that's why it demonstrates that, 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 the Israel, that Israel is the church. That does apply to the church today and what we're looking at. Like, again, dispensationalists believe that, that, it's just for, that uh, the Old Testament is for, the, is, is for Israelites only, does not apply to the church today, and that cannot be further from the truth. You know, and that's the thing. When it comes to um, the, um, the Jews were very uh, uh, clannish, if you will. You know, I mean, Brady's talked about this before. You know, in this particular area, uh, you know that a lot of people are very clannish, uh, particularly with their families uh, or with their friends. Uh, that is, uh, you know, I think, you know, Dad has talked about it before, how that kind of goes back to the uh, uh, our, our Scottish heritage, if you will, uh, to be that kind of have that clannish attitude uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, they're, um, uh, it's very hard to infiltrate uh, those those types of um, relationships, and uh, I think a lot of people they get turned off at certain churches. Like, well, nobody talked to me, you know. And, I, and I've never understood it at our church. I feel like everybody's very friendly and really tries to uh, be inviting and uh, to say hi to, particularly anybody that's new uh, or who has been attending for a while into the church. But um, uh, but it's hard, you know. I always hated it. Uh, when I was with friends, like, oh, let's go to this family, my family get together. Uh, you know, even if they were friendly, it was still just kind of just awkward. You know, it's like, hey, you know, and it just, it just feels weird. It feels out of place. And, you know, you try to talk to them and it's just, you know, it's just, it's just weird. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But the Jews in particular, though, they, um, when it would come to anyone outside of um, their belief system, uh, anyone outside of what that, that mosaic covenant they felt, you know, that was just between them uh, and God, uh, they uh, they would not mingle with, they wouldn't have anything to do with, they wouldn't intermarry. I mean, it was just like, you know, you don't talk to them, you don't look at them, you know, you know, talk about segregation, I guess, to a certain extent. It wasn't a, a uh, so much, a, 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 you know, well, I won't get into that. But anyway, it, uh, uh, so they wouldn't have anything to do with them. So they you know, we get that kind of idea. So they um, that's what God's talking about because they're disobedience, because they didn't believe uh, in what he had set up. Uh, you know, that's why they were that branch was broken off. But uh, but again, Jesus brought a new relationship with God. And um, we look on here, uh, we're talking about this new covenant here uh, in this verse, uh, in verse 8, this new covenant, uh, neos, or new uh, it, it deals with uh, not only you know, deals not only with time, uh, but um, it also uh, neos uh, new in the in the Greek can also talk about an exact copy, uh, if you will. But this word, and we talk about the new covenant, uh, could be um, we look at it as as kainos, k a i n o s, kainos. Uh, that is not only deals with with newness. 
and time and qual but this deals with quality and also different in quality in the fact that this is not an exact copy, that this is completely new and, and different uh, from what they were used to. Remember, this is the, the, the new covenant uh, had to be something uh, far uh, different from what they were doing before. That's why they had a hard time dealing with it. That's why they had a hard time uh, accepting it. Now, when you also want to look at uh, another Greek word. I know I throw a lot of Greek words at you here this evening. And I apologize, but there we we have to put kind kind of have to do this in order to um, um, kind of bring I guess to some better understanding. At least I feel like there is. But um, is the uh, Greek word aphanismos, uh, and uh, it means wiping out of a city. In other words, that old way of doing things should be wiped out, and there's a new way of looking at things, a new way of doing things. And again, you know, as I've said before, these people had a hard time with that. They had a hard time uh, trying to uh, put away that old life, that old way of living, an old way of doing things. And remember, there's hundreds of years of, of belief system and rituals and tradition, and they were being persecuted. And, you know, it was hard for them to change for those sort of things, you know. And, you know, and I think it's, you know, likewise, I think, you know, you can look at people in the world. It's hard for them to understand a better way. You know, as Christians are so demonized and so uh, you know, looked at as such hate mongers and bigots and judgmental and, and so trying to infiltrate the minds of those in the world, uh, it's hard for them to change from that, that way they think is fun, the way they think is freedom, but in fact is the very way to bondage. And guess what? That's what we're seeing here uh, in keeping the Old Testament law is actually putting them in bondage. And that's exactly what we see in the world today. They are in bondage. And they don't even realize it. The God of this world has blinded them. They don't realize that Jesus Christ gives them the freedom, gives them the keys to set them free, rather. And so uh, if they could just get through to them. And that's one thing I was talking about um, in my devotions um, Friday, I think it was, uh, in the fact that we need to, to have a... Um, uh, you know, we need to try to engage uh, with the world and have an open line of communication in the sense that we need to be able to try to talk to individuals. Uh, remember, we can't force anyone to believe. We can't force anybody to get saved. We can't force anyone to, um, uh, uh, to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But uh, we need to try to engage with them, talk to people. Uh, let them see your sincerity. Let them see what Jesus Christ has done for you. Uh, there you know, we can listen to their point of view. We don't have to accept it. We don't have to like it. We don't compromise on God's word. Uh, we don't compromise with the world. See, that's the problem with so many Christians today that drives me crazy. Because they think in order to show love that you have to compromise with, with sin. You have to compromise with what the world says. We have to make allowances of God's word and, uh, and so that that we will be um, accepted and that, um, uh, that, you know, that we will be, you know, that we won't be rejected. That's crazy, man. Again, like just like the, the Old Testament way was pointing them to the cross, pointing them to Jesus Christ, making them understand uh, that uh, their sins, uh, that the Old Testament way of, of life was not going to save them, that they had, they had to, to, to um, uh, understand that new way of thinking, understand that Jesus Christ is the only one that can save them, falling to every letter of the law was not going to because they weren't capable of doing so. And so that's the problem with, the, with too many Christians. They want to make allowances for sin. Just like we talking about the Pharisees who make excuses uh, for uh, why they thought they were good enough. So many people make allowances for sin and they think they're good enough. And that's why we have to try to talk to them. Let them talk. Let them say those in the world. Let them see what they have to say. Let us hear their point of view. And that's where apologetics come in. And that's where we're able to give a defense. And that's where we're able to try to engage and try to talk to them. They may reject you flat, cold, won't listen, make fun of you, mock you. Hey, you've done your job. You have tried to tell them about Jesus Christ. If they reject that, that is on them. That is on them. And so when they stand before God one day, they can never say nobody tried to tell them because they can sit there and say, well, uh, God will say, well, Matt Young tried to tell you or uh, Fred Pear or whoever is out there watching this evening, I can't see who all is watching this evening, um, that um, if you, uh, uh, you can't say it because they tried to tell you, they, Vic Young tried to tell you, and uh, you didn't listen, you rejected, you laughed, and you mocked, hey, that's all in them. 
They will nobody be without excuse when they get to heaven one day and stand before judgment. Now, the um, remember that new covenant is radically different from the old covenant, and that uh, that Israel did not keep uh, the law of the land, and that because it did. I'm sorry, not keep the letter of the law because it did lead to bondage, like I was talking about, and not to freedom. And we look at that in um, Galatians 5, uh, 21. If you got time to turn over there, Galatians 5, 21. Uh, by Galatians. There we go. Galatians 5, 21. Get over there. All right. Let's see here. Um... As we see, well, we can even back up, really, to, that's um, when we read uh, 16. I think that would be good. But I say, walk in the Spirit. He will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against uh, the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us all become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, uh, we see that there, that... Uh, uh, those things in the world are going to lead us straight to the pass of hell. And it's only through uh, keeping in the Spirit, doing the things of Jesus Christ, that's going to keep us in the right, uh, in the right path. Now, we can also look at, um, uh, as far as, um, uh, <laughs> I might just went blank on what I was getting ready to say. Uh, anyway, let's look at Galatians 3. I meant to look at that over here real quick, too. Uh, Galatians 3. Uh, Let's see here. Hold on a second. I'm going to back up and hit this over here just real quick here. Uh, 3, uh, 21. Is the law then not contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise of faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So we see that there, that the person of the law uh, was uh, to, um, uh, to magnify our sinfulness and, uh, and, and, would, and would drive us to faith in Jesus Christ. That was the purpose of the law. And the law couldn't provide uh, a full and, and complete forgiveness of sins. That's what Jesus Christ was able to do, to provide that full and complete forgiveness of sins that, uh, that we're talking about this evening. Now, uh, verse 9 says, not, in like, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. All right. So when we look at verses, particularly verses 8 through 12, we see uh, there's real emphasis on Israel's uh, disobedience and God's initiative for that new covenant. But we look at this here, verse 10, particularly it says, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Let's look up here at Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. All right. Of course, it's easier for me to flip to that because um, I've already got it marked, so that's why. <laughs> but, uh, 31, 33 through 34. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So, um, 
Jesus, his, his sacrifice, what this new covenant was open to all people. You know, when um, we look at the covenant of, uh, of Noah, um, i trying to think here. Um, yeah, the covenant of Noah, I was right sure I got it right in my head. The covenant of Noah, uh, when, um, of course, obviously the flood uh, that covered the whole earth, was that, um, uh, of course, Jesus said he would flood the earth no more. Of course, he gave the rainbow uh, as a sign. Sad to see how the rainbow has been twisted to something to represent a perversion. But, um, but God uh, established that rainbow and that covenant between him and man for all people. Now, that covenant for all people uh, didn't require any kind of obedience, didn't require um, any kind of uh, uh, anything from man. It was, it was for, for all people. Now, but when it comes to uh, whether it's the old covenant, which did require obedience, uh, you know, remember the Jews uh, segregated themselves from the Gentiles, and they thought that, you know, those promises or the Mosaic promises just for them and, um, and them only. But when Jesus Christ, what he come to do, that it made it available for everyone. See, that's why when we read here, uh, when it talks about the, um, I'm sorry, let me get back over here. In uh, Jeremiah 31, it says that, uh, um, let's see here. Um, let me get back here. Where's that here? Um, this covenant I'm making the house of those days, uh, law, run the hearts, I'll be the God of the few people. Um, each neighbor show me at least the end of Christmas. Let's see. Well, where's that at here? Um, well, I just read it. Anyway, I've, I've lost it. But anyway, um, in other words, it was open for all people to accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. This promise, this, uh, the, the salvation, the covenant of grace was open to anyone uh, that um, would be willing to accept that, you know. And so, of course, we can get back into uh, election and, and, you know, that sort of thing and predestination. I, I don't feel like going back into that again because I feel like I've already explained that a couple of times, actually. But uh, but that's what, um, you know, before it was just for those people. Now it was open uh, to anyone. And so that's what he's talking about here in, in this in this passage is that... Um, uh, this initiative of this new covenant. And um, let's see here in verse 11, and they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest, more or less what we just read. For I'll be merciful towards toward the iniquities. I'll remember their sins no more. Now, the, and we look here particularly in verse 11, it says the law is based on, um, on inferior priesthood. But now this new covenant that we're looking at here is based on superior priesthood of what Jesus Christ has done, his, his uh, work on the cross, uh, that, that one and only sacrifice. Uh, you know, again, that, that line of Melchizedek, you know, that, that perfect high priest, that's who Jesus Christ is, and that is what that is referring to. And, um, and remember, the law was external, not internal, as we were talking about before, and that it, it didn't supply the power that it demanded. And Jesus Christ, you know, what he is giving us is an internal, internal understanding of his grace and his mercy and what he's done on the cross. Again, nothing external will get us into heaven, no matter how good we are. It's never going to happen. Uh, let's see here. Verse 13 is speaking of a new covenant. He makes the first one obsolete and what is becoming obsolete growing old is already to vanish. And again, we look at that obsolete. I think we can look at back at that Greek word, uh, 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 uh in, reg in regards to that wiping out of a city, that old way that obs it's obsolete. It's no longer, uh, uh, tangible. It's no longer uh, 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 an ability to, to be of any use. Uh, I'll get that here in a second. So with praise God for his grace. Praise God for his mercy and his understanding that, um, that God was willing to send his only son to show us that way, to show us that covenant of grace, to show us mercy, to show us that, uh, that covenant of, um, um, of redemption. Yeah, I just want to make sure. For some reason, it sound right. Covenant of redemption uh, that uh, that Jesus Christ uh, uh, made that uh, that covenant in regards to the Trinity to become one of us to show us that way to reconcile to his, show his redemption to have his redemptive work and um, uh, so okay 
I need to slow down. <laughs> I'm looking at the time and I know I'm running out of time, so I'm trying to cram a bunch in here at a second. And so I'm stumbling around and I've got to pull it in. I've got to slow down, take a deep breath, and let's forge on ahead. All right. <laughs> so I apologize for that. I've told you before, when I get, um, uh, get excited, when I get nervous, uh, I, I tend to, um, uh, everything is kind of, I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, I'm, I'm a nut. I guess that just puts it in the best perspective possible. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, um, it's, uh, of course, we talked about the um, this new covenant being radically different. We talked about, um, uh, uh, let's see here, the old covenant relationship with God. Uh, and uh, how we uh, cannot obey it to its fullest. This new covenant is solely based on grace of God. Um, I'm just trying to make sure there was anything else I'm, I left out that I was wanting to hit on this evening. I feel like I pretty much uh, hit everything. Um, but, well, I guess I could add this. The old, old covenant, again, was done away with. But Jesus brought a new relationship with God. So remember, uh, of course, you know, again, our sins is what hinders our walk and our relationship between us and God. Uh, you know, before um, what Jesus Christ done, we had to go through man. We had to go, uh, you know, we talked about the tabernacle. We talked about the priest. Uh, you know, we talked about how our sins separate us from God. But it's through Jesus Christ that we have that direct line of communication. That we can directly go to God now. And that we can talk to him about those things that um, uh, that we need, you know, there's, there's no barriers anymore. Uh, there's that bridge, that gap that has been filled. And, um, you know, it is, um, it is sad to see that um, there are people today who still want to feel like they have to do things based on works. Even Christians, it amazes me, the pastors and the Christians out there who um, think you still have to do something to merit and earn your salvation. That just, it, it is mind boggling to me uh, that people think that today. And, um, uh, you know, sometimes I think it, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we can talk about end time prophecies and things like that. And we can talk about uh, uh, premillennial and all millennial and postmillennial and, and uh, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. And, you know, those things are important, and those make for great studies, and, um, and you know, that may be something we may dive into, too. But I get tickled to some Christians sometimes. I feel like they, if you don't know exactly where you stand on that, then almost like, almost like they equate that to salvation to a certain extent, you know, because I've gotten cornered before. You post-trib, or are you are you mid-trib, or are you post- or pre-millennial, or are you all-millennial? And I'm like, ah, uh, you know, so. You know, and uh, you've been baptized, you know, you get a lot of that. You've been baptized, and it's like, you know, all that matters is accepting and understanding Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's all that matters. That's all that's going to get you into heaven. And uh, it's sad that man has felt the need to slap on uh, these different things in order to gain entrance into God's kingdom. When God's saying, look, i got a free gift to salvation. You know, here, it's a free gift. You know, that's all you have to do is accept it. And even though I know you're a sinner, even though you, I know you're going to mess up, my grace is sufficient. And, uh, you know, and, and we, it, it frees us from so much bondage. And we just take a deep breath and be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it makes it special. And it makes it understandable that even a child can get it. And yet man tries to make it so difficult and makes it so, adds so much more to it. And you don't have to. It's just Jesus Christ makes it that simple. Here's a free gift. Here's what I've done for you. Will you accept it today? You know, just like that. You know, I remember when I was a kid staring. I remember uh, dad preached at uh, Liberty Church uh, in Gray. And I remember in that classroom, there was always that picture of Jesus, that old picture of Jesus knocking on that door. And I remember always staring at that picture all the time. And, you know, there's so many people out there where Jesus is knocking at that door, and yet they still refuse to open it. He's got so many. He can free you from the bondage that holds you down. And uh, sad to see the, how so many will reject him. And uh, like Dad's talking about this morning, I mean, we're, I think we're seeing the definite signs of the last days. If you ain't turned life over to God, you better for it's too late. So uh, let's go ahead and close the word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. 
Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you so much for your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, help us each and every day to serve you well. Lord, uh, we know that uh, we cannot work our way into heaven, but because of the change you have made in our lives for those of us who are saved, uh, it produces good works. It produces obedience. It produces those things. Why? Because we want to please you. We want to serve you. We want to honor you. And Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us. God, watch over protect us this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate each and one of y'all for watching this evening, and sorry I got I get a little tongue-tied here and there. I, uh, I get excited, and and um, uh, sometimes it uh, my brain is working faster than my mouth can handle, and a lot of times it's just the opposite. My mouth is working faster than my brain can handle, so uh, so I apologize, but uh, but I hope you learned something this evening, something that you can make applicable to your uh, spiritual walk. And uh, Lord willing, we'll meet again uh, this uh, Wednesday at 7 o'clock, continue our study. So everybody has a wonderful and blessed week, and thanks for watching. God